0: Take home your favorite new restaurant this spring with Omaha Steaks delivered straight to your door. Have you ever wondered what makes Omaha Steaks so good? It's the aging process. Omaha Steaks are aged at least 21 days. That's where the magic happens. Try these mouthwatering steaks in the Butcher's Best Sellers package. Go to omahasteaks.com, enter the promo code VOICES into the search bar, and save over 50% and secure exclusive pricing. Included in the Butcher's Best Sellers package are four iconic fork tender Butcher's cut filet mignons, four ultra juicy burgers, four savory pork chops, four kielbasa sausages, four rich and decadent caramel apple tartlets. Yum, I love those. And so much more. In addition to getting more than 50% off, you'll also get four more chicken breasts and four more of those delicious burgers for free. All you have to do is visit omahasteaks.com and type Voices in the search bar to order the Butcher's Best Sellers package today. Save over 50% plus get four free chicken breasts And four burgers, all from the company that's been bringing people together for over 100 years. That's OmahaSteaks.com and type Voices in the search bar. Welcome to the Start Me Up podcast, part of the Sexy Liberal Podcast Network. I'm Kimberly Johnson, still quarantined in D.C. Today, my guest is Chris Hahn. He's a progressive pundit. He's also the host of the Aggressive Progressive Podcast. He hosts a syndicated radio show and works as a political consultant and attorney based in New York. He's made thousands and thousands of national television appearances, a lot of it on Fox News, and if you go to his Twitter feed right now, you will not be disappointed. We had so much fun. But before we get into the show, you know, I always try to keep these intros as short as I can, but I do want to say I have a new tier on Patreon that allows listeners to listen ad-free and intro-free. Well, just a short little intro, and I'll get to that in a second. The Start Me Up podcast is an independent podcast supported by listeners, and it's woman-run. It's patrons who keep the show going, so thank you to all of my patrons. If you enjoyed today's show, take a look at the About page on Patreon, Dot com slash startmeup. You'll see that uh, I mostly talk about politics with guests, but occasionally I interview an actor about their craft because I used to be one. So you just again go to patreon.com slash startmeup. You'll see all the different tiers and it's very easy to navigate. You can also make a one-time donation by checking out the text in the Patreon description of this show. I always include my email and you can use that with PayPal. You can also find Start Me Up on iTunes, Stitcher, and wherever podcasts are found. Just stop by the iTunes app, Apple Podcast store. Become a subscriber because it's free and while you're there please leave a review and also rate the show. I'd really appreciate it. Haven't had any new reviews lately so wink wink nudge nudge. Okay please enjoy my conversation with Chris Hahn. Welcome to the show Chris. It's
1: great to be here Kimberly. Thanks for having me.
0: (laughs) Well I you know I want to before we get into all the fun stuff of the politics and 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 your awesome videos because you, you just you were just on Fox News. And it exploded, and it was freaking awesome. So I do want to talk about that. But uh, before we get to that, I just want you to tell everybody like who you are and what you do and all that good stuff.
1: Who am I? Well, <laughs> uh, that's, a, that's a question I've been working out for the last 15 years, right? <laughs>
0: uh,
1: so I am a New Yorker. Um, I, I got involved with politics at a very, very young age. Uh, probably, I would say, as a teenager, at wow. least working on local campaigns. And um, after I finished college, I ran unsuccess- unsuccessfully for office and then went to law school. And when I got out of law school, I got a job working for Senator Chuck Schumer. Mm-hmm. And I spent six years, basically his first term, almost six years, working for the senator um, uh, on, of a wide variety of issues. hmm and uh and then i went on to practice law for a little while and came back into politics to work for tom swazi who's now a congressman but at the time he was the county executive of nassau county and i was the chief deputy county executive which is the number one appointed position there Hmm. and we uh, nassau county is one of the largest counties in america it has a three billion dollar budget and uh, Ten thousand employees. It, it was a, a pretty interesting job for me to have. I was very young when I had it. I'm mm-hmm. uh, the youngest person ever to have that. Oh wow! Um, and um, so I've been involved with politics and campaigns my whole life. I've been appearing on Fox News <laughs> since 2010. <laughs> wow! And uh, often, you know, uh, you know, go viral and. Mm-hmm. Uh, on a variety of things, I probably the most famous viral clip I had was uh, Rudy Giuliani and I battling it out um, a couple of years ago over the Ukraine. And uh, Rudy Giuliani had a complete meltdown. <laughs> most of the times when I go viral, it's me yelling. That time I was being yelled at. Oh, and,
0: I want to see that And now. I would basically say,
1: please, Mr. Mayor, stop. Because, you know, I'm a New Yorker. Yeah. I work for Chuck Schumer on 9-11. Rudy Giuliani actually, you know, say what you want about him on 9-11. He showed real leadership Mm -hmm. and that's rare, uh, in politics to see at a real moment, he rose to the occasion. And I had a lot of respect for him. I've lost all respect for him in the years since he's left the mayoral. Yeah. Uh, he changed his positions to run for president. And then he, you know, shacked up with Donald Trump, uh, and other conspiracy theorists. Uh, I used to run, run into Rudy Giuliani Yankee games and, like a year before we had that meltdown i ran into him at a playoff game and we were having a conversation and he he asked me if george soros was controlling certain things and i knew he had lost his mind
0: right so. yeah wow yeah interesting so, so
1: that's who i am
0: wow and so how did you like how did you get on fox news like what what steps did you take to get on fox news
1: so it's funny i think anybody who uh, Work for a U.S. senator to get a spot on cable news at least once. Mm-hmm. Now I've done probably twenty-five hundred appearances between wow. Fox. I mean, between Fox and CNN and MSNBC. Yeah. And I did a year where I was on Current a lot when people Current existed. Mm-hmm, yeah. Um, you know, the reason I keep coming back is because let's face it, I have theater training and improv training, and um, <laughs> you know, I know how to make things interesting. And, yeah. Um, it's, uh, you know, and I also don't say no, right. I say yes to everything. And if I can't do it for one reason or another, I say no, but I can do it tomorrow. Right. You know, I, I always make myself available. I see. So, you know, being available, being good on television goes a long way for me. It, you know, look, I, I, did some television before I worked for Chuck Schumer when I was in law school, I hosted like a local cable program called youth in politics, hmm um, where we basically talked about, you know, political opinions from everybody on the show was under 30. It was people Mm -hmm. in their twenties basically talking about politics. When I got out of college and worked for, when I got out of law school, started working for Chuck, I kind of put that away for a while, really for like 10 years. And, you know, when I, when I left, uh, politics completely, and I was just trying to practice law, um, somebody was running for state Senate and she asked me to manage her campaign and she had done a lot of appearances on Fox news. Mm-hmm. And I said, Hey, how'd you wind up there? Oh, She's like, yeah. Oh, you want to do some Fox news? I'll recommend you to a booker. And, oh, there you go. Yeah. You know, and, and she recommended me to a booker. She basically said to me, go do their internet show. Cause they had an internet show at the time. Mm-hmm. She said, if you do well on the internet show, after a couple of months, they'll put you on the regular shows.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So I went and I did the internet show. And while I was on the internet show for the first time, I got a call from Hannity to do his show the next day. It oh, wow. saw seen me on the internet show that day mm-hmm. and booked me the very next day.
0: Wow. That's pretty important. You know, this is a funny little story here. When I started out, I, I mean, I certainly didn't aim to do what I'm doing right now. Everything is like one thing led to another. So back in 2012 – I had written an open letter to Rush Limbaugh from a liberal slut on my personal blog, and that exploded. And that was basically my entry into the political world, political, like, big mouth world. Because, I mean, I guess you could call me a pundit, but I'm really, I mean, I'm not. I guess I am, but just not a professional one. And so, right. you know, I mean, as far as going on news programs and things like that, I have no desire to do that. But when I first started, um, I had written that, that uh open letter. And so there was this woman who started this page page called Rock the Slut Vote. And she wanted uh, somebody to be a spokesperson. And she saw my thing and she's like, oh, she's perfect. And I used to be an actor. So when I became the spokesperson, we got a couple of requests for, you know, whether it was interviews or stuff like that. So there was a request from the Laura Ingram show. And I accepted because I thought I don't know. I thought I could handle it and I and I got to say looking back it got canceled because I think it was the government shutdown thing. I'm not sure. Right. I can't remember what the event was, but it was some big event that they had to knock it off and the uh the the book the booker guy said, "You know, I'll hit you up later whatever it was." And so I, he never did and I can say I'm very happy because I don't think that I, especially then, I didn't know what I was doing. You know, I mean, I was new to this whole game. And and Rock the Slut Vote was basically about the fact that, you know, the Republican Party and conservatives call women who take birth control or enjoy sex sluts. And so we we were going to reclaim the word and say, fuck you, then. If you think that's the slut, then color me a slut. So, you know, but I didn't have the understanding or anything. So I've been doing this now for ten years, and I still, to this day, now I would not want to go on Laura Ingram just because I know I'm, I've watched her. But it's like I love people like you who can go up against them and just fight. And it was so funny because I, I don't know. I watched a bunch. Uh, with the one when you were on Matt Gates, and oh, yeah. and you were yelling at him for wearing a mask. And for that stupid gas mask thing. And, and he was arguing with you, and you're just going,
1: bye bye. <laughs> That's yeah. awesome. <laughs> yeah. Well, now he's probably really going to go bye bye. I know. It looks like. I mean, I think his, his, case is his ticket has been punched to leaving Congressville. Yes. And I think the reason why he floated the, the, the idea that he might go to Newsmax yesterday is because he knew yeah. this story was coming out in the New York Times. And, uh, you know, I think Matt Gates is as done as they come right now. I hope, well, did
0: you see the, there's something else that just came out. It says Matt Gates accused of creating sex game with points for sleeping with staff.
1: <laughs> so wow. it's just like one thing. <laughs> and
0: this is from the, or is it the Oregon? No, no, this is Orlando weekly. So, uh, yeah, somebody, I guess on Twitter had called him out and is accusing him of doing that. So I think that's pretty funny and I'm glad because obviously he's such an asshole but it's not surprising, and it's like these. These. I mean, I just, I don't know what to make of this new Republican Party. I don't know how to feel about them. What are you thinking? Because there's. So, I mean, i have never. I've never been conservative. I've never had a Republican view, but I've definitely, you know, witnessed the, the time when they were able to compromise, come together. Yeah, and or have, I, you know, I
1: remember the time where I used to go on Fox and have real debates about real right. issues. Yeah. And it's just not like that. And, you know, talk about, you know, the benefits of extending uh, unemployment benefits Mm -hmm. or food stamps versus some other conservative issue. And 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 while I would have disagreed with their viewpoint, Mm -hmm. at least it was a viewpoint that was based in some semblance of reality Mm -hmm. that the reality is gone from the Republican Party right now. They don't even have a platform. I mean, the thing I always tell I point out to people, the platform they approved last summer at their convention was re-support the Trump agenda, period. Yes, yeah. There was nothing else to it. Mm-hmm. Nobody knows what the Trump agenda is anymore. <laughs> now that Trump isn't on Twitter, mm-hmm. the only way you know what the Trump agenda is at any given moment is if you're caddying for him <laughs> or working the buffet at mar a Largo. I mean, it yeah. is, there is no way to know what he really cares about right now, and that's all they care about. That is why they – that's why they're doing these vaccine passport nonsense things. They are catering to these conspiracy theorists yeah. and people that Trump brought into the party that, quite frankly, I don't think will show up to vote for them in the future.
0: Interesting. So are you feeling – because I always ask this to most – at least since the – I guess, say, since Biden won or at least the beginning of this year. I, I'm concerned, you know, like what's going to happen, which way is it going to go. How are you feeling – about the future of not only the Democratic Party, but just democracy, because everybody kind of kept thinking, oh, we just got to get Trump out. And I mean, I knew getting Trump out was not going to be the end all of everything. I knew we were still going to be facing problems. But, you know, there were certain pundits out there, conservative pundits that thought and I remember them tweeting and I don't remember who they were, but they were tweeting like, yeah, as soon as Trump is gone, they're going to be like, Trump who? But that's not what's happening. Because Trump does have a lock on them and they're all still they all still want his attention and praise and all that stuff. And 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 then there's the Q thing, which I want to get to in a minute, but it's like what what are you feeling? How are you feeling about what's gonna to happen to the country?
1: Well, I'm optimistic. I'm an optimist by nature. I think that there will be a split in the Republican Party. It doesn't have to be a fifty percent split, right? right? If it's a fifty fifty country if they lose fifteen percent of their supporters right it's dead forever God, that's
0: a great point yeah and,
1: and and it's a it's and I do think that the Republican party must change now. I don't believe they can go on as they are going on and be viable because mm-hmm. frankly, a large part of their base is older. They are dying, they are moving to redder states because they're retiring. They are not going to be able to compete nationally the way they are the way they are structured right now yeah you you see all these Mm -hmm. laws they're trying to pass right this is the like death rattle of a dying party Mm -hmm. they're trying to hold on to whatever Mm. power they can or reclaim some of it by changing the rules of the election and by the way that just never works (laughs) it actually we saw what happened in georgia this year yeah people were willing to wait 12 hours to vote now I, I, I think that's ridiculous. Yeah. I think that I would make a compromise with Republicans right now uh, in Georgia. I'll I'll accept voter ID. You make it so that it doesn't take more than thirty minutes to vote, and you make <laughs> voter IDs. You make the IDs available for free.
0: Yes. Very easily. Yeah.
1: To anyone who wants one, forever.
0: Yeah. Of and, course, then and they won't and then do I'm that. Then I'm good
1: for it. Then I'm yeah. good for it. will I'll go down for it because I know that I can organize and get people those IDs. And if I if I can make voting easy, 30 minutes or less, mm-hmm. then we're good to go. You don't want mail in ballots. OK, great. Make it so it only takes 30 minutes to vote yeah. and 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 give people a large amount of time to vote, whether it's early voting yeah. or make election day last till 10 o'clock or 9 o'clock. Right. Um, you know, it's, it's just, you know, they don't do that. They don't want to do that. They don't really care about voter ID. They care about voter suppression because they cannot compete on the field of ideas. They don't have any ideas. Democrats' ideas aren't all all great, but the Republicans have no ideas. All they want you to do is hate the Democrats. Owning the libs has become their strategy. They have basically sided with an internet troll as Mm -hmm. their leader, and that's, that's where we're at.
0: It's just un-fucking-believable. I can never get over it. You know, it's like it doesn't matter how many times I, I witness their ridiculousness. I just, I'm constantly, I, I, I'm always surprised at it. But I wanted to ask you, there's this Q documentary. Have you been watching it?
1: I have not seen it yet. I have not, you know, it's funny because I am so immersed in politics Yeah. that when I relax.
0: I know, I know.
1: I, I've been watching Better Call Saul. I'm almost done. <laughs> it's fantastic.
0: Yeah, my boyfriend loves uh, that.
1: I, I, I've got two more episodes left. Uh, it, it's fantastic. It's great. <laughs> Bob Odenkirk is great. I've always liked him. I used to love yeah. Bob and David, the show he used to have on HBO. Yeah. He's a funny guy. Yes, he is. I'm looking forward to watching this. He's got a movie coming out where he's like a hitman or something. Right. I can't wait to see it.
0: Yeah, no, my boyfriend is like full on Better Call Saul. I mean, he he's the one who forced me to watch um, Breaking Bad, which is funny because – and I'm going to get to Q in a moment, but, and I know what you're talking about because a lot of people, I feel exactly the same way. And I watched the first one on Sunday, but, um, I had watched back, I don't know when it first came out breaking bad. I watched the first show or the first, the first, yeah, the first show. And I don't know what happened, but I just, I never started to watch it. I didn't continue watching it. And then I think sometime later, because everybody was saying what a great show it was. I watched it one more time. I, I thought, Oh, it's, been some time so i need to go refresh my memory so i watched it again which i think you know wasn't that long in between so i think i was a little i don't know bored because i had already seen it and then i didn't continue it so cut two years later you know my boyfriend is going on and on and on about breaking bad all the time and he's like bad
1: was the breaking bad was the first show i binged really and i i watched like i think there's six seasons i think i watched it in a month wow and i literally like it was the first time I ever binged. I never yeah. binged to watch a show before. And I, I avoided Better Call Saul for, like, years because <laughs> I didn't want to ruin it. I didn't want to ruin Breaking Bad. By like, what if the show stinks? Right, it makes me not like better. Turns out <laughs> they are equally as good. Uh, I mean, I, I think Better Call Saul, I mean, I, I wouldn't say it's better. But it is, it is definitely giving you a better perspective. I, when I'm done watching Better Call Saul, I'm going to watch Breaking Bad again.
0: <laughs> so, <laughs> well, yeah, so. you know what? It, well, of course, then we watched Breaking Bad, and I was like, oh, my God. I love this fucking show. And so we, I think we've watched Breaking Bad one, two or three times. Now, I don't remember. But he just said to me not long ago, he's like, do you think you're ready to go back to Breaking Bad? And, I'm, you know, awesome. I haven't seen – I haven't seen Better Call Saul. I've, you know, my boyfriend watches it, let's say, on a Saturday in the daytime. So I've seen bits and pieces of it, but I've never watched it. So I guess I should try because that would make him so happy if, like, we went through that and then well, we watched I mean, The Breaking Bad. It's going to make you happy. It is a
1: great <laughs> show.
0: Okay, so I get the whole idea of you want to unwind and you don't want to watch Q because I feel the same way. But it was funny, too, because my boyfriend, Bob, his name is Bob Seska. So anyway. Um, on Sunday night, I was looking at Twitter, and it was before we were going to sit down and really watch something together and I see Molly Jong fast, and she 's tweeting about Q that you know the special and i she t- tweeted about it three or four times, and right. so um you know I said, "Do you want to watch the Q documentary?" and so he had that reaction that you did like, "Oh God, this is like relaxing time and i 'm like, "Well, Molly Jong fast is wa- fast as watching <laughs> <laughs> and so anyway, we watched the first one and I mean, I think it's 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 important to watch, period. You, like, we have to understand what we're up against. But it is, it is is mind-boggling, the gullibility of so many Americans. And, like, I didn't even know what Q was other than a conspiracy theorist online. But, you know, I, I have a little bit better understanding of Q now. And only from... Because there's I've only seen one show, and there's, I think probably six of them I don't know how many there are but um you know this person is on well it's some people think it's a group of people some people think it's Donald Trump some people think it's Steve Bannon uh the I know in the documentary they hypothesize who it is which I won't necessarily give away but um so I guess that this you know it's on 8chan and then Q will drop like say you know one post a day or 10 posts a day and then 10 days go by and nothing and and then and 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 they really understand how to get those gullible people. It's like a fishing line. They're so good oh, at it. Oh, totally. You know, and totally. it's like so manipulative. And there are, and and these there was this couple from New Jersey who voted for Obama, and they're like full on cue. And I mean, I I don't know. I I wonder because it's really taking hold of so many people in this country and i don't know how far it's going to go but it's it's so fucking ridiculous
1: it is is ridiculous and you know i i did watch some documentary about how people are manipulated on the internet i watched that it was on uh netflix the social dilemma oh right
0: which i have not seen yet and i'd like to yeah
1: and it it was it was amazing how people just go down this rabbit hole Mm -hmm. of misinformation and and you know i i i I, I could see some of these Q people just becoming crazy and just believing nonsense. And what drives me nuts about it is you cannot push back with facts because mm-hmm. they have
0: no. bought into right. this
1: conspiracy so much that they are going to believe the conspiracy before they believe facts. I yeah. mean, oh, I'm going to believe this person I never heard of, this nameless, faceless troll on the Internet, rather than the New York freaking time. <laughs> yeah, right. And it drives me insane uh because you just there's just no way to get to them yeah and at some point you would think and i and i i point this out all the time they have had multiple instances where q has predicted an event and gave a specific Uh thing and that event comes and goes yeah and nothing happens and these people still believe q yeah, and I mean, because like, they justified. March fourth is a perfect example. Mm-hmm. They Q predicted that on March fourth, Donald <laughs> Trump would be sworn in as president of the United States. March fourth came and went. Joe Biden is still the president of the United <laughs> States. Donald Trump played golf and probably ate fast food on March fourth <laughs> in anonymity. Right. 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 <laughs> so, right. So you know. Yeah. Well, that. I, they, I, yeah. I they don't t- get it. How do they do it?
0: They talk about that a little bit on the on the show and saying how. It's like, well, it doesn't matter if something doesn't happen because they just they find a justification for why it didn't happen. And then right. and then they move on to the next thing. And it, and it's just it's unbelievable. And I mean, I know that it is easy get, to get sucked in because, you know, I've talked about this before, so I won't go on at length. But back in 2016, I was initially for Bernie Sanders and I liked Hillary Clinton. I was for Hillary Clinton, but I like. I like uh, what Bernie stood for and what he was talking about and the America that he presented. And so, you know, and then there was all that Russian disinformation and I never became a Hillary hater or anything like that, but I certainly was, you know, confused and there were seeds planted in my head because of this disinformation. And I was in these groups for Bernie that had been always very pleasant. And I, I always want to point out that, you know, people who followed him at that time or were supporting him, when there was a negative post about Hillary Clinton, everybody would jump on that post and say, no, this is just pro-Bernie. We're not here to attack Hillary. And then it just became uh, like a a hell pit of nothing but attacks on Hillary. And it was just constant, constant, constant. And eventually that turned me off and and I left that and then she became the nominee. And then what helped me see more clearly, because I always understood who she was. And I mean, it's like I wrote this book, American Woman. And in the book, this was it came out in 2014. And I had said something I had predicted that Hillary Clinton would be the next president. And my my mother said, you know, you might not want to do that, because she might not be the president. And you know, so I considered I thought, okay, well, I'll just take it out.
1: Well, well, tell your mother, you know, I'm a professional pundit. And here's the thing about being a professional pundit. You got to make predictions. You got to make big, bold predictions. Some that may not come true. Right. And the reason why you make them is because when they come true, you take credit for them. Totally. When they don't come true, nobody remembers.
0: That's true. But you know what? (laughs) I, I was right because she really did legitimately win. I believe it was stolen from her. But that said, you know, I mean, I was, when I watched, there was this really great, I think it was a PBS special or whatever. It was, it was, both Donald Trump and Hillary Clinton and their histories and past and all that. And so I learned a lot about her, and uh, I learned more than I knew. And then right. I kind of realized, you know what I mean? It took me a while to get out of that disinformation ether. But um, So I do understand to a degree how somebody, could, somebody who has intelligence can get sucked into it. But um, but not key, like Q is so far. I can't even imagine. I just can't even imagine. And you I, know, I don't get
1: it. I the, really a lot of the
0: people it. that are fo- that they interview that are followers, just the followers, um, they don't appear to be very bright. But there are all these people called Q tubers who who basically decipher what his drops mean you know, because he speaks in vague, or Q, I should say, speaks in, or writes in vague terms, and sometimes it's difficult to understand, so these people translate what they think Q is talking about, and these people are not stupid, you know, and it's like, are these people just looking for money on YouTube? Do they really believe Q, or do they just see an opportunity? Yeah, that's,
1: that's like part of the conversation I had, yesterday it's you know i it it's just a big grift yeah there's this whole right-wing grift machine because Mm -hmm. they see how gullible these people are (laughs) yeah i mean they are voting they've been gullible for republicans for the most part have been gullible for generations they have been voting against their interests since ronald reagan yeah right the 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 republican party has not stood up for the working people in this country they have not increased that made their lives better yet there are so many working class people in this country who still vote Republican, and they're not all you know, doing it because they're racist. Mm-hmm. They're doing it because they've been, they've been sold a mm-hmm. bill of goods. So I think there are a lot of people who are taking advantage of that gullible base of the GOP yeah. and, and creating these conspiracy sites and, and you know, things like CPAC. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I think it's just a big grift. I mean, these, you know, CPAC was raising money after the election hand over fist, promoting the big lot. Yeah. And I would go on television and, and I, you know, forget about Mercedes Schlapp. I mean, I've debated Matt Schlapp a million times. Wow. I, I consider Matt a friend, frankly, but he's been just going around the country lying to people, saying that Donald Trump won this election and there's massive voter fraud. There's no proof to that. Mm-hmm. I asked him to put up the proof. He's like, well, the courts didn't hear the proof. No, the courts did hear the proof <laughs> in many of the cases yeah. that were dismissed. So it's – and by the way, you got to have some proof to get a case going. Yeah. When you have no proof, the judge throws it out.
0: Right. <laughs> oh, my God. It's just fucking crazy. Um, so let me ask you, I'm going to switch gears here. I want to ask you about the fact, I mean, okay, so there are these states right now that are trying, they're trying to, like, ban abortion, or, or right. they're banning abortion. And I think the goal here is to get it to the current Supreme Court, so that they can overturn Roe v. Wade. Now, um, there are those who argue, and I just want to hear where you stand on this, there are those who argue that Republicans want to keep R, R- v. Ro- R- yeah. <laughs> you know, R- Roe v. Wade, Wade. Uh, in place so that they can use it and, and scare the voters. But I think there's also the argument to be made that they can still use that fear tactic if there is no more legal abortion because then they'll say the Democrats... You know, because right now, first of all, they're able to and they've been successful in in the past for like trap laws where they could shut down the clinic because the hallway was too small or whatever lame thing they wanted to come up with. And they were able to make it inaccessible or not affordable or whatever. And so it was still legal, but you just couldn't have one because it wasn't accessible to you. And so now they're just straight up going, okay, we're banning abortion if this for just ridiculous things. And so. Then, then they want a challenge to the Supreme Court, so then they, then they overturn Roe v. Wade. Um, I think they could still use it as a fear tactic and say that, uh, because this was based on privacy, Roe v. Wade, and they could do another, you know, we could, the Democrats might be able to pass some kind of a thing or put it in the Constitution that, uh, you know, uh, I, I don't know exactly how they would do it, but it's bodily autonomy or something like that. What, what do you think as far as Roe v. Wade, and then also just to add on so, to it, expanding the courts?
1: So it's kind of funny. Um, Republicans do not believe in a right to privacy in the Constitution. If you read Roe v. Wade, um, there is no enumerated right in the Constitution of privacy. Mm-hmm. And the opinion of Roe v. Wade, which builds on— Many other sexual and reproductive freedom cases over 30 years till mm-hmm. it gets to Roe v. Wade. I mean, you go back to like Loving v. Virginia, and and, uh, and and various other cases that build up to Roe v. Wade. The court creates this right to privacy, or finds it. It says there are echoes of a right to privacy in in, in the Constitution, and it talks about, um, you know, you see it in the Fourth Amendment, the Fourteenth Amendment and that there are these rights to privacy that are that the, the founders and the drafters of the amendments created. So uh, Republicans say, no, we're strict interpreters of the constitution. We want to make sure that the constitution is, is written, you know, is, is, is interpreted as written, which is just a ridiculous thing.
2: Mm-hmm. Um,
1: th- there's a reason why the, the constitution has a court in it to interpret the constitution. I mean, it's, it's just that, just, just that simple. Mm-hmm. So, they want to have their cake and eat it, too. The debate I had yesterday with Mercedes Schlapp, she's saying, well, what about people's right to privacy? Why do, they, mm-hmm. why do people have to have a, a vaccine wow. passport? Yeah. Well, what is it, Mercedes? What <laughs> right. is it, conservative? What is it, conservatives? Do you want – is there a right to privacy or isn't there? Because yeah. if there's a right to privacy, then you do have the right to choose whether or not you are going to continue your pregnancy or right. not. Uh, it is it, 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 just that simple. I mean Roe v. Wade, you hit the nail on the head. It is not whether or not abortion is murder or not. Right. It is about whether or not the the state has any role in determining that for a woman mm-hmm. individually. Right. And and the courts found that they didn't. So I think what's going on with the Republican Party is uh, they have been losing support among even they've been they've been doing everything they can to hold on to that evangelical base. Mm-hmm. They lose that evangelical base, even a little bit. Not like I said earlier, they don't have to lose all of it. Yeah, a small fraction of it, Lee, yeah, is going to be bad for the Republican Party.
0: Every time you say that, it gets me all excited. <laughs>
1: yeah. So, so, so <laughs> their attacks, their increased, stepped-up attacks right. on choice, are an effort to hold on to that evangelical base.
0: Oh God, gotcha. oh, they so that cannot yeah, that's win true. without. Yeah.
1: So the evangelical base has said to, that, said to them over the last four years when Trump was president, you have the Congress, you have the courts, mm-hmm. you have the presidency. Why is there still choice? Mm-hmm. Why do women still have a right to choose? And, you know, while well, they, you know, they say, well, they're working their ways through courts. Right. Now, every right-wing state is tripping over themselves to try to be the state that brings yeah. the case that ends Roe v. Wade.
2: Yeah.
1: I got news for them. They will not end Roe v. Wade in the courts. And those laws will be held unconstitutional even with the court as it as it stands Why? Now. Uh, I I and I think they will be shocked at who votes to
0: interesting. Uh,
1: okay. I think they'll be shocked at who votes to uphold Roe v. Wade. Do, I, do I you think for think sure the Chief Amy? Justice will vote to uphold Roe v. Wade. Okay, there you go. And I, I think that you could see uh I could see uh Brett Kavanaugh or Neil Gorsuch, yeah. supporting, uh, upholding Roe v. Wade. Nice. I just couldn't. Um, now, yeah, Neil could Gorsuch is an interesting case. Yeah. Uh, he is a strict constructionist, and he is a consistent strict constructionist. Mm-hmm. He had a, uh, a case about a year ago where he basically ruled that the state of Oklahoma is a Native American uh, property. Hmm. basically they're getting their property back in like big cities in Oklahoma. So it's created some chaos there. Mm -hmm. Um, But it is, it it is. And that's based on a law that was written in like 18, you know, in the 19th century at some Mm -hmm. point. So, I mean, we'll see how it goes, but I I do believe that the precedent is old enough Mm -hmm. and it has been relied upon enough that it will be very hard for the Supreme court to overturn it. Now they Mm -hmm. could restrict it. Um, they could, they could allow states to have restrictive measures, Mm -hmm. but I don't think they could, they could outright ban it. Right.
0: Interesting. Interesting. So then what do you think as far as expanding the courts? Do you think Biden's going to do that?
1: I don't think he's going to do that. I don't think he'll get the votes to do that. Hmm. The Democrats would have to get rid of the filibuster to do that. Um, I do think that there will be some modifications to the filibuster that will allow Democrats to get voting rights and other things Mm -hmm. approved. But I don't think that they'll be able to completely eliminate the filibuster and expand the courts. I think there are enough Democrats that say, well, they might. They, I don't think they're going to expand the Supreme Court. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean they won't expand right. um, the district courts and mm-hmm. the appellate courts. And they, quite frankly, they're due for an expansion anyway. Yeah, it's not it's not necessarily a partisan thing. They're just not enough judges. And there's too many cases. Hmm. So they need to they need to do something. I, I clerked in federal court. Um, you know, it's it's a it's it's a busy place to work. And, and I think that the reliance on the courts over the last couple of years, last couple of decades, frankly, has gone up dramatically.
0: Hmm. Wow. Well, that, that's kind of hopeful. I mean, unfortunately though, there is still that, you know, in the individual states, it's become, I can't remember how many abortion clinics there were, like say in Texas, Texas or Oklahoma, when right. all of this started back with the Tea Party, when they came in, this is when it started. So, like, let's just say in Texas, say there was uh, 95 abortion clinics and now there's three. You
1: right, know, So it's right. like
0: they've definitely made it much more difficult. But I wonder then, so if, if they don't get rid of Roe v. Wade, is, do you think that's going to, at least for 2024 or maybe even 2022, depending on, I don't know if it's going to come up at that you know before 2022 but let's say it comes up before the next general election and it's saved is that going to cut off evangelical support for republicans
1: um maybe maybe not okay right because the evangelicals are still going to want to ban it yes and, and right now, you can blame the Democratic-controlled Congress and right, Joe Biden, true. even though it won't be their fault. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? <laughs> Let us have power. We'll pass the law that the court just told us we need to pass to get rid of this.
0: Gotcha. Okay. Because the court's
1: going to say, we can't ban it. Congress can ban it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And mm-hmm. you know they'll have to pass a law, maybe a constitutional amendment or something, which yeah. the Democrats would never support. Right. So. Interesting. They okay. will, you know They don't want the issue to go away, by the way. Republicans don't want it to be. Right. gone gone yeah they they want to be fighting for it yeah and they want to be able to continue to fight for it because once the fight is over the enthusiasm will lag, enthusiasm will lag. and frankly there's no other reason for evangelicals to support republicans all the other things they care about hmm. are supported by liberals and if you if you if you go back to the 60s um, you know, the liberal movement in this country was led by, like, priests and nuns hmm. who wanted to see that people had a health care. They wanted to see that elderly people were cared for in their mm-hmm. golden years. They wanted to see that kids could eat. Mm-hmm. These were all liberal ideals led by very religious people in this country, and quite frankly— <laughs> Uh, Unfortunately for the Republicans, I mean, unfortunately for America today, Mm -hmm. Republicans have forgotten the book of Matthew, and they really only care about the book of Revelations and hell and damnation uh, befalling this country. They don't care about doing unto the least of them as you would do unto Christ. Mm -hmm. You know, it's pathetic to me. I I have this conversation on Fox all the time. I grew up in a very religious home. I'm not religious anymore, Mm -hmm. but I can quote the Bible with anybody. Mm -hmm. And I've read it a million times. And, and there are a lot of good things in the Bible. Mm-hmm. And, and, and really what it's all about, in my opinion, is, you know, Jesus was all about taking care of people and yeah. loving people. Right. And particularly taking care of those who couldn't take care of themselves, mm-hmm. the sick, the poor, the old. Right. And, and when has the Republican Party been about that not <laughs> yeah, right. the last never 40 years, <laughs> yeah no not at all right <laughs> not so in you my lose lifetime. the choice issue you lose the choice issue what else why else would a religious person be part of the republican party right. they have started down this road the republicans and evangelicals grifting evangelicals yeah. i would say of this thing called the prosperity gospel and there is nothing i despise more than the prosperity gospel yeah which basically says you're good because you're rich. Mm -hmm. It ignores Christ. Mm -hmm. Christ said in Matthew, and I quote, it is easier for a camel to pass through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven. Wow. (laughs) So how does the prosperity gospel deal with that quote? Right. I do not know. (laughs) Yeah, it's
0: just all these hypocrisies everywhere you turn when it comes to you know, that part of this country specifically. And it's just, um, yeah, it's free, It freaks me out because I mean, I'm not religious at all. I wasn't raised with religion. So, I mean, I consider myself, you know, that, that ridiculous term spiritual, but not religious, but I am. I,
1: uh, I say that too.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I know actually, it's, it's overused, but I, it is. I am a spiritual person and I totally believe in energies of the universe and not, not a oh, heavenly father. But I do think that our collective intelligence is like, that's what I consider to be God. And, um, you know, I mean, and I don't know anything. I just like to theorize and I like to.
1: I, 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 here's what I think, Kimberly. I think that there probably is a God. But if there's a God that could create this universe, how would us idiots understand what that is? How would and and you know what? We're a lot smarter than the people that wrote the Bible. No offense to the people who wrote the Bible. We know a lot more about the universe than they ever could possibly dream of. They thought the world was flat. Right. I am telling you right now, they did not know. We couldn't figure it out. How could they? oh my god you know what i mean if we by the way if we showed them a light bulb they'd be freaked out you think they're going to know the mind of god
0: or just the or the internet can you imagine
1: what is this hellfire thing you're talking to somebody in another state on
0: i know that's just so crazy oh my god okay now i want to ask you have you heard there's good news um your father
1: right Aren't you a I am.
0: Yeah, so how old are your kids? If you don't mind my I asking, I have I
1: have one in their twenties and one in their teens.
0: Oh, okay. Well, then, the the vaccine, the Pfizer vaccine, is, is saying it's a hundred percent effective uh, for kids between twelve and fifteen. So that's some yeah, really, that's good that's um, really good news. That's really good
1: news. I actually just became eligible in really? New York State. They just opened it up for people over thirty um, yesterday. Wow. And I have literally been hitting refresh even while we're doing this call. I've been <laughs> so hitting refresh yeah. on the website trying to get uh, an appointment. It's, it's very frustrating.
0: Yeah, I'm not like I'm in Maryland. So right now I think they're in like phase 2A and I think I'm in phase 3. So I'm, I'm supposedly that's going to open up on the 27th of April. But you don't know because maybe we're going to get a whole bunch of unexpected vaccines and that will change how it works. So we'll see but I certainly hope that I can get vaccinated sooner than later, but it is what it is. And I'm just trying, I'm trying. So I'm still living. I don't know how you live, but I'm very, very cautious. And I like, I'm still washing off my groceries and people are like, you're still doing that. And it's like, I know there's a very small chance that it could happen. But the way that I look at it is if like someone who has COVID, even the variant, you know, coughs in their hand, walks in the store, picks up something and puts it back and then i pick it up and it's just been 10 minutes so
1: yeah i, I haven't been that yeah i, I know and <laughs> most
0: people aren't most people aren't as ridiculous as i am but i just you know i just long story short and i know that this is just this is just me but my mom she is 74 and basically she only has me that's it so if i wasn't here she doesn't have anybody and I, hear you. I just can't even I don't give a shit if people want to make fun of me for being overly cautious. If I don't get sick and uh, we're over and this is done and I'm vaccinated, I will never regret being too cautious. But, right, um, right, right. you know, so and, and it's like I, and of course, I mean, I'm I've, my father always used to joke because I'm not a germ a phobe, but I've been the person who I don't want to get sick. If you're sick, stay the fuck away from me. I, and I'm so, the same way. Yeah. I, I don't
1: I don't tolerate. Being around sick people. Yeah. I rarely get sick. Last time I got sick was 2018, knock wood. <laughs> yeah, uh, actually me too. And I run, I run every single day. I'm, you know, I, I'm a I'm very conscious of it. Mm-hmm. And I, I always used to keep hand sanitizer in my car because mm-hmm. I shake a lot of hands, you know. Yeah. Uh, and and it's uh, it is funny because I, I this is why, you know, it's funny. I, I talk to a lot of people who've been helping me with my social media. Uh, you know, I walk down the street, people recognize me. Oh, but that's cool. I, could, I couldn't get anywhere on social media. Oh right, 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 right. It's
0: amazing. <laughs> well, it just takes a little time, and obviously, you're doing pretty well. So it's going um, well. It's going, it's well, going now. well. It's
1: It's it's cranking.
0: Yeah, and I mean, I I don't get recognized on the street, but I don't want to be recognized on the street. So that's good. <laughs> I, don't, I you know, it's funny because I used to be an actress, and I was on a soap opera for a while, and my my goal was clearly to you know make it in that industry. And then when I was 31, I decided I didn't want to do it anymore. And then I just completely changed professions and went into sales. But, um, yeah, I just I think it's funny because now I have this following on Twitter and a decent following on Facebook and Patreon and whatnot, but not to the point where I'm recognizable. And I just much prefer it so much better than, you know, I mean, I've never never been recognized
1: from things you write. Right. Yeah. It's only like being on it's it's television. You know, people recognize me from television. And the thing is, you know, for me you know, they recognize me, but I am not the guy they love on that show. Exactly. Yeah. Right. And it, it, so they don't follow me on Twitter. You're the
0: lib, you're the uh, lib turd. <laughs> yeah. I'm,
1: I'm like, I always say, I don't know if you ever watched Battlestar Galactica, but if you haven't binged that you should, the <laughs> okay. new seat, the new version, the one that came out in the 2000s, not uh-huh. the old one from the seventies. Right. Um. But I always say I am Gaius Baltar on, fox news Uh, you know i you may not like what i have to say but the show doesn't work without me
0: (laughs) is it is it fun to do that for you
1: i love it yeah i've been doing look i I love it they've been they've been great to me there Uh Nobody has ever told me not to say anything nobody's ever complained about what i've said Mm -hmm. um you know it's i've been going on for years i've been making trouble for years i've been going (laughs) viral for years um you know and and now i I've been working with some people with, on my social media. I know how to take advantage of it. So yeah. it's been good. Interesting. Um, you know, I mean, like literally this, this bump here, you know, today and yesterday mm-hmm. was based on the fact that I've been hooking up with some people online that have yeah. been giving me some good advice. Right. And, and you know, I, I couldn't believe how well that clip did.
0: Yeah, the one when you were uh, taking down Tucker Carlson.
1: Yeah. Oh, that's so yeah. cool.
0: That's so cool. I mean, I don't ever want to go on TV, but I wouldn't mind having something like that on my resume where I could just like totally obliterate somebody like Tucker Carlson.
1: <laughs> yeah, that would I mean, be I, fun. <laughs> it wasn't, I wasn't, de- you know, in his defense, I wasn't debating him, but I right. have debated him a lot yeah. over the years. Uh, but, I just took a bad there, but I wasn't him there, but I was basically calling him out. Yeah. And I'm surprised. Usually you call somebody out like that, they will push back and right. maybe say, come on my show and let's fight about it. And if he was smart, because uh, that clip was seen by more people than his show last night. Wow. <laughs> he, 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 would, he would call me on and right. say, come on. and let, It would be a big event. Yeah. I mean, we, he would get a it huge would audience for that. It would be. But, you know, I guess his ego doesn't want to let me, because I will, I will not hold back with him. He mm-hmm. knows that. Mm-hmm. And I think that what he and other conservative commentators have been saying about the vaccine is frankly dangerous. And Mm -hmm. I think they've been dangerous throughout this entire pandemic. And I think more people are dead because of their words. And I think that they need to be held accountable to it. And I'm willing to call them out.
0: So, um, okay, let me ask you this again, changing gears. A lot of people have opinions on this. Do you think for any reason Trump will ever go to jail?
1: He will never go to jail. Hmm. That is a liberal fever dream. Mm It's never going to happen.
0: Okay. do you think that that doesn't
1: mean that doesn't mean that he won't, like, face some sort of consequences for his actions. Uh But jail time, there's no way a former president of the United States is ever going to jail.
0: It's never going to happen. Do you think his children will? Any of them? No,
1: I don't think not for anything that they did during his presidency. Uh, I mean, you know. I don't know what they do in their personal lives. I mm-hmm. see one of them on TV and I wonder. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I don't think that they would, they'll would they be going to jail for anything that happened during his presidency.
0: And what do you think – okay, so then as far as – okay, I don't want to say the next Trump. I don't want to put that label on anybody because I feel like that's almost giving them a gift if we do that. Um, I don't want to do that. But who do you think – it's going to like do or do you have a feeling of the person who may rise? Because supposedly, yeah, I think it's Ron DeSantis. Yeah.
1: I (laughs) I think for sure it's Ron DeSantis. Um, He's Trump with a real Ivy league degree, although there is questions of maybe his baseball scholarship got him in. Um, Hmm. But it is a, you know, I I think that he comes from that swing state of Florida. He's very Trumpy, but he's not as unhinged. Mm -hmm. Um, But I don't think he's winning. I don't think Trump works without Trump. Hmm. Yeah, I exactly. I think you need Trump. Yeah. Like 2018 is the perfect example. The, the, every Republican that ran for Congress was a Trump clone mm-hmm. and they lost. Yeah. Right. So how does Trump work without Trump? When you see, you know, Senator Perdue and Kelly Loeffler down in Georgia in the runoff trying to pretend they're Donald Trump clones. Yeah. It didn't work. They <laughs> lost. In fact, Trump people stayed home. So it's, it's a, you know, it, it's hard. And the far, farther away from his presidency we go, mm-hmm. the more that act is going to look just like what it is. Yeah. It's just an act. So I am not, I think that the Democrats will probably hold on to the Senate in 2022. They're probably going to lose the House just because of gerrymandering. Hmm. But they'll hold on to the Senate. They might not lose the House by much, but they're going to probably lose the House. And then I think in 2024, Joe Biden's going to get reelected president of the United States. And, uh, I, you know, I, I just feel that's going to happen. Hmm. You
0: know, I mean, because there's uh, – he he just recently, that that stupid reporter, asked him if he was going to run again in 2024. And a lot of people – were wondering, including me, you know, is he going to run in 2024? Because he kind of indicated, not indicated, but like hinted around or the way he wouldn't commit to 2024 or whatever before. So people were wondering if he might step down um, during the first term or just not run in 2024. So let's just say, let's say he decides that he's not going to run in 2024 or for whatever reason he doesn't run. And it's Kamala Harris. And she's the nominee. And Ron DeSantis is a Republican nominee. How do you feel about that?
1: I, I feel like it's a closer race, right? Because don't forget, sexism and racism are still a real thing in this country. Absolutely. And and one of the things the Republicans are going nuts about, one of the reasons why the Republicans want to paint Joe Biden as like a doddering old fool is because they cannot attack Joe Biden the way they can attack Kamala Harris, mm-hmm. the way they attacked Barack Obama, mm-hmm. the way they attacked Hillary Clinton, Yeah. right? you know they it's hard to get old white guys angry about an old white guy (laughs) right (laughs) and that's their base their base is old white guys and old white women yeah and it's it's easier to call kamala harris a socialist Mm -hmm. even though she's not (laughs) you (laughs) know than it is to call joe biden a socialist because he's just this old white dude Mm -hmm. who they've known forever yeah so in a lot of ways joe biden is the perfect candidate yeah. to break these guys down. Yeah, and I, and hope. I, I and hope, I hope think, that he runs, and, and I think that he's going to run for re-election. Yeah. Uh, I do think it's a tougher race yeah. with with Harris, for the reasons I just said. I just right. think that they, the racism and sexism are real things, but I do think she still wins.
0: Okay, well, that's good, and I hope so. I hope so, because, I, you know, I mean, it's, it's, we've got all these young people in this country who will be eligible to vote at that time who aren't now, and the ones who, you know, were just on the cusp this time around and couldn't and wanted to. So I hope every year more of
1: their base dies. Right. and and I'm not saying it's a good thing. I'm not wishing anybody died. Right. It's just, it's just the the way it goes. Right. People, you know, people, you know, when your base is, you know, when, when the biggest portion of your base is over 65 years old, Mm -hmm. you know, you're going to lose. Right. 3% of them a year, 2% of them a year. So, uh, you know, and, and now, not, not only that, If you're, like, hoping to win states like Michigan, Wisconsin, and Pennsylvania, people are moving out of those states. Now, it makes Florida Mm -hmm. harder for us to win Mm -hmm. because people who move out of Pennsylvania might be more likely to vote for Donald Trump in Florida. (laughs) Right. But that makes Pennsylvania more of a winnable state for us, makes Michigan more of a winnable state for us, makes Wisconsin more of a winnable state. Of course, you know, we've got to break through some of that white working class voter in that state and let them know that they are living under a false paradox. Right and that Donald Trump and the Republican Party do not represent them.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And the Democrats need to be able to do that themselves with messaging, and so you know, hopefully they will. Okay, so this is the last question I'm going to ask you, and I'm just very curious about this, and you might be wondering why I ask it, and I think you might not, but we'll see. So you're a dad. Now, do you have any girls?
1: I have two girls.
0: Oh, so they're both girls. Okay. So yeah. just curious. Um, what? Okay, so I wrote this book or I collected stories for this book, the Virgin diaries. And that's why I'm asking. you. So, uh, there was just stories about first time, right? So everybody shared what it was like to have sex for the first time. Now, what would you say? And I'm asking this for a reason out of curiosity. What would you say would be the perfect age to give this book to your daughters?
1: Oh, Oh, you're asking the wrong guy. I am such a protective dad. You then know, I'm asking aunt, the right my guy. Aunt, my, the older one's my stepdaughter, and she's actually a television journalist, and she lives upstate New York right now. So she's already, I'm sure, you know, she was living with a guy for a while. Yeah. I didn't even want to think about it. I didn't even <laughs> talk to the guy.
0: But, like, okay, um, just put him, put him back into their teen years.
1: Right. So I would say 15 or 16. That's
0: pretty That's pretty good.
1: I'm, right. I, that's I impressive. Mean, I, yeah. I don't know about you. I lost mine when I was 16. Yeah. Um, well, I was 16. I would imagine that's the date. My wife is a very good mother and very good at like dealing with that stuff. Yeah, because she knows I won't. Right. Um, and it's not because I think it's taboo or right. that I, you know. It's not that I have some weird conservative. I would have not wanted like, my that's, dad. That's, no, that's my baby. I know, I and you know what? About it. I, I mean If you look at my Facebook profile, it's a picture of my daughter when she was like four. Aw, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and it's like so. I still look at her like right, that. Right, of course. And, you know, like yesterday was a great day for me, not just because I went viral on Twitter, but because my daughter said, "Hey, Dad, you want to go for a run with me and then, you know, practice my soccer game." -hmm. Which she doesn't, you know, she's 14 now, so she Mm -hmm. doesn't really want to spend that much time with me anymore. And when she asks to do something with me, I mean, I dropped everything. Yeah. And I went and I did it. And, you know, I literally was in the middle of like writing a column about what happened in the morning on that show. My Twitter was blowing up, but she said, let's go run and, and play a little soccer. And I was like, all right, let's go. Yeah. You know,
2: <laughs> and, um, and, that's, and, that's and, really and, cool. You know,
1: it's like like my my one of my favorite things to do. I mean, yeah. it made my day of all the things that happened. yesterday, That was the most important thing that happened. Well, and so, yeah,
0: and I would not want my father to talk to me about sex at all. So, uh, and you know, I mean, when I was younger, I, even now, I, I mean, I can kind of bring some things up with him. Like one of my favorite movies is Boogie Nights and I don't know that he's ever seen it. I,
1: I'll tell you what, it's one of my top five movies. Yes. I
0: fucking love that movie. I could yeah, not watch funny. it with my dad though. I did watch it for the first time with my mom as an adult. It was Easter Sunday <laughs> and oh we watched God. that movie and, and it was a little awkward to watch with your mom, but it would have been like totally gross to watch with my dad. But so we,
1: when, I'll tell you a story about Boogie Nights. When that movie came out, I was in law school. I had a girlfriend who was constantly saying, hey, can you set my friend up with one of your friends? And, and can we do a blind date? And I never wanted to do I hate doing that. I'm like, all right, here's what we'll do. Uh, we'll all go to the movies together and we'll go see Boogie Nights. Now, I knew what Boogie <laughs> Nights was about. <laughs> and we went we saw that. And it was the worst blind date ever compared for <laughs> my friend <laughs> worse for her, but it was because <laughs> you know, I love that just, movie
0: though, it's so it's good. A,
1: it is, it is, it is, it's one of the movies, there, there are some movies I cannot turn off. If i'm yeah. flipping around, and I see that as one right. Of them. I think it's just a great, it's all around great. Uh, it's about taboo subjects, yeah, that I love, and it's 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 just it's it's fantastic. But I do think, look, I think it's important for parents to talk to their kids about sex. I yeah. think the work you're doing. Uh, You know, writing about it is important. It might help parents do it. I know for me, you know, my parents didn't talk to me about Mm -hmm. sex at all. Nothing. I had to figure it out on my own. And, um, you know, I got lucky, frankly. Um so it's, it's Well yeah uh, and the, it's
0: funny because when I was right re- when I was collecting stories I was a salesperson and I was uh, I was working with a lot of men and I would ask them that question it's like what at what age and it was so surprising to me because so many men told me like 18 and I'm like dude they've already had sex by that time not everyone but like the average age you know, at least I, I don't have the, statist- the statistics in front of me right now what the average age of first time sex is. But I mean, from my experience, I'm thinking it's, I'm thinking it's, 16. it's around 16. And yeah. so but but, you know, interestingly, when I was nine years old, I was flipping through the channels one day, my mom was moving to California, she was moving us to California, driving across the country, and I was staying with my grandmother. So I was flipping the channels. And this I stopped on this one scene. It was on Days of Our Lives, and it what it's got it, it is what got me hooked on Days of Our Lives. And then, funnily enough, I was a cop on Days of Our Lives many years oh, later. Awesome. Yeah. But um, the scene was about first-time sex, and I was nine, and I was riveted. Now, I was the biggest prude in the world, and I mean, I told my mother one time. I used to wear these ratty T-shirts with like the string hanging off the end. And I was just, I always wore undershirts, always, always, always. And so my mom bought me these tank tops, which I begged her for. And so I came out wearing one of my ratty undershirts with sleeves um, underneath my tank top. And my mom's like, Kimberly, what are you doing? (laughs) You look ridiculous. And I was like, I don't want boys to see down my front and she's like, you don't have a front. And I was like, I don't know, four. So, I mean, I was always like freaked out by, by my own sexuality and kind of embarrassed by it and, and such a prude. But personally, I mean, I, privately, when, when there was an opportunity, when I could watch this you know, show and watch these two teenagers dealing with first-time sex, I was so interested. And so, you know, and then I would talk to my friends. And I also read when I was 10... I read the book Forever by Judy Bloom, which is about first-time sex. And I also read it right before I wrote this other book called Peyton's Choice. But anyway, so um, it talked about very specific. I mean, th- there was a lot of sexual situations in that book. And I didn't want to have sex. I didn't want boys to see me or touch me or anything like that. But, it, but I remember we were it was lunchtime, and my girlfriend bought, brought this book to school, And she started reading the sex parts to me and my girlfriend. And I was like, oh, my God. And I literally couldn't run to the bookstore fast enough after school. And I bought the book. I think it had 210 or 20 pages. And it was the first, like, adult-sized book that I had ever read. And I I read it in under 24 hours. Wow. And, I mean, I was reading it at school. And, you know, and again, it wasn't about me wanting to have sex. But it was the kind of information you're not going to get from parents. And sex is everywhere. You know, it's like sex is in the movies. It's in commercials. It's like you just, it, you, you're just you well aware of it when you're a kid, even if you don't understand it. So it's like I love listening to men talk about how they'll deal with it. I think with boys it's a little different. But when they have girls, they're, they're feeling protective. And I always, I always felt like if I were, you know, if
1: I... I know, they're not protective of the girl. They're protective of themselves, right? Yeah. It's not... Like if my wife wasn't able to do it, I would do it right, my daughter. Right?
0: Uh, yeah, it's, I get I, it.
1: I'm fortunate that I have a wife that'll that'll have that conversation. Right. I, I just it's just something that as a father you don't want to think about.
0: Yeah. Well, <laughs> right? it, and it, it, just, you know what's funny it though, just, it's like the, the majority of people who responded to my request were Catholics. And, who, and, and lo- let
1: me let me tell you one other thing, Tim. Okay. I am a pretty progressive guy when it comes to things like that. At one point, like one of the first times I ever went viral in my punditry career. Was I was on Fox News, and it was during the uh, Affordable Care Act debate when the Little Sisters of the Poor were suing the Obama administration because they had to provide birth control Mm -hmm. to their employees. And I was debating a woman named Monica Crowley, and Monica was going off about, you know, freedom of religion, blah, blah, blah. blah. And I just turned to the camera, straight into the camera, and I said, you know, Monica (laughs) – in these tough economic times, don't you think people should have a recreational activity that they can afford? <laughs> and don't you think sex is a perfect recreational activity for Americans? I said that on Fox News. Oh my God, so, that's so funny at, at eleven o'clock in the morning, and it was—you it, know—it was viral. Like I, you know, it was viral before there was viral, right? It was like in twenty twelve, and it so it was—it was just. You know, I, 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 I'm very progressive on it. I believe yeah. it's something that people should talk about. And I just, you know, talking about it with my daughter. My daughter is the kind of person who likes to shock me yeah. sometimes, you know. Uh, but, uh, you know, she, I think she knows that that might be a line she doesn't want to cross.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, I think, I think the idea, though, is that, you know, when I collected these stories, I really didn't know what I was going to get. And I knew they would be interesting, although everybody told me their story was boring. And I'm like, no, it's not. Not with my questions, because it was like I wasn't just I didn't care about the actual sex part. What I cared about was all the thoughts that people had, the feelings and the thoughts. And, you know, what happened afterward? Did you regret it? Did you talk to people about it? What advice did you get? All that stuff to kind of. Show And so many people who responded were raised Catholic. And, you know, and, and they said just what you did. My parents never spoke to me about it. And so they got all kinds of misinformation, disinformation, and they went into it so naive, where it was funny, because when I was, I think, six, I asked my mother, what is sex? And so she's like, okay. And she she decided she wasn't going to give me any more information than I needed. She was just going to answer that one question. And she just said, well, it's – and, sh- of course, it was in a – and it was a very straight kind of cisgender answer. But she said, you know, it's when a man puts a- his penis in a woman's vagina. And I kind yeah. of – I was like, "What?" I completely freaked out, but I asked her again. And she told me the same thing again. She didn't offer up any more information. She just gave me what I asked for. And then later on, I asked her more questions. And, you know, and and she would – and she felt a little awkward, and that's again, I was six, but she she didn't, you know, she felt awkward, but she didn't appear awkward. She just very was very straightforward. She didn't put any kind of, it wasn't a guilt or shameful thing. It was just, here here's what they do. And so um, I thought, you know, as a little kid, I was kind of horrified by that idea, but I was also fascinated. And it was like when I, eventually when I did choose to do it for the first time, at least I can say I made the the good decision of making him wear a condom, which I think he would have worn anyway. But you know, I mean, there's so much, uh, my girlfriend, when I was a virgin told me that the first time was awesome. And the funny thing is, is throughout the entire book, the women all said, basically it wasn't that great. It hurt, or it, you know, it just wasn't that great. And most of the boys the men or whatever were like it was
1: fucking awesome <laughs> you oh, know i, was I got like pulled over by a cop on the way home because i was driving <laughs> fast and beeping my horn <laughs> i was like celebrating yeah and, that's, and I, had, I, yeah. I went there not knowing that that was going to happen and then it did and then it and did it, it and was, so yeah and yeah.
0: there was one guy who was like well, well that's all there is but that there was only one but outside yeah, no, of that you know but so i thought like i
1: felt i was like doing <laughs> i was like doing yeah and that's <laughs> what i
0: if <laughs> i had a girl I would give her this book because I feel like, you know, I mean, as a parent, you don't want them to jump into sex too quickly. You don't want them to make mistakes that they're going to regret or get pregnant or diseases and all that stuff. So it's like I would have given my kid this book probably at what I would have done is if I had a kid, which I do not. I just would leave it around for them to find yeah and then you know you don't talk to them about it you just go okay there's this book and they'll find it and they'll take it and they'll read it because they're so curious I
1: I tried that with the complete works of William Shakespeare and it
0: didn't work oh my god well it was just fascinating to hear (laughs) what you know because I haven't really talked about that book for a long time and I don't really try to sell it anymore in fact part of the reason why is because when my mother and I did this as a collaboration which was just kind of funny in and of itself but we worked with this other guy his name is Ralph and he uh he I, I, th- I think he did like the formatting or you know he just put it together and so we chose because he was an artist we chose clip art that kind of went along with each story and I regret that and I, I wish that I I mean if you t- if you ordered like the Kindle version it doesn't have it but the paperback version still has that art and I would change that, but so so I don't really push the book anymore. And actually, if I were, I, I would really prefer to do it over again, or so just do it, do it over it. again. But but here's the problem. This was the problem I had the first time around. Except now there's an additional problem: is that I'm a 52 year old woman with with my, right now my following is political. Not kids, because that's who I'd want right. to buy the book. And trying to convince parents to buy it for their kids is certainly not easy. But I'm also all over the internet well, as a liberal slut, so it's like I'm probably. But you're, not you're, the follow, best you're person. following. <laughs> your
1: following would buy it because they're very eh, maybe progressive. Maybe some, pre- some they try to do the right thing by their kids. Some,
0: and I would hope so. But you know, I mean, I think, and I know that what to do differently now if I if I ever decide to do it, because it's like it's sitting in the back of my head, and I always wonder. But, um, you know, it's just like I came up against that kind of wall when I was trying to sell it before. It's like, well, I can't get to those kids. I just can't get to them. You know, what am I going to do, lurk around schoolyards with a sex book? I just like, I can't do yeah, it. Yeah, 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 so yeah, anyway, 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 uh, anyway. It was good. just interesting to see what uh, you were going to say about it. Be- and I, you're, you did say a younger age than most men. But, yeah, you know, I mean,
1: look, I mean, it, probably even younger than that, frankly. But yeah. I don't I, – I mean, it, it's just – it's just such a hard topic for men and their daughters. It mm-hmm. just is very hard.
0: Yeah, it totally. And again, I totally understand that. But anyway, well, it was awesome talking to you. And I'm glad that you're on the show. And congratulations on your viral tweet.
1: Thank <laughs> your, you. Your viral, viral appearance that turned appearance. into a viral tweet. There you go. So, That's so awesome. I, I, I appreciate that.
0: Um, so before you go, why don't you tell everybody where they can find you?
1: Well, I mean, you can always go to at Christopher Hahn on Twitter. That is my Twitter handle, even though I go by Chris Hahn now on Fox, but I'm at Christopher Hahn.
2: Okay.
1: I have a growing Twitter following and, and you've been very helpful in <laughs> retweeting my stuff. So I appreciate that Kimberly and uh, Christopher is my website. And you can see me on Fox a lot. Uh, <laughs> and if you don't want to, if you don't want to watch Fox until I'm on, just follow me on Twitter or Instagram. And I usually tweet out a picture of my tie before I go on the okay, air that's so good to know, know I'm about to come on
0: <laughs> that's awesome yeah because I'm sure a lot of my listeners are like I don't like Fox but if they know you're going to be on because you're fun to watch on there it's if, great to see that if you
1: want to see somebody doing what you would want to do right. when you were on Fox that's me right exactly
0: <laughs> Um, and then, of course, you can find me on Twitter at author Kimberly K-I-M-B-E-R-L-E-Y. Don't forget that extra E. You can also read my books and find them on Amazon.com under my name. So as I said, I've got The Virgin Diaries and Peyton's Choice and all four of them, total four books. And so it was awesome talking to you, Chris. I'm just
1: I'm thrilled. Me too, and I really appreciate you having me on. And, and, and good luck and keep up the good work, Kimberly. You're doing great.
0: Thank you. You too. Take care.